This is what we can expect from the Nittany Lions after their bye week. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Zach Seiko. In today's episode, we are going to talk about Penn State historically under James Franklin after a bye week, the latest in the Penn State football news, and my thoughts on Michigan's win over Indiana and what that means for the Wolverines coming into this Saturday's game. I hope everyone had a good weekend. Let's start with how Penn State performs after a bye week under James Franklin. So some of his biggest winning streaks come from 2016 and 2019 after a bye week. And it gave the Nittany Lions momentum. But actually, overall, believe it or not, James Franklin is 3-5 and five coming out of byes in his career with Penn State. The bye didn't help them last season. We know that. They went to Iowa, lost 23-20, to a game that they felt like they should have won. And there's that momentum that you see. Penn State had the positive momentum from bye weeks in the past. But last year didn't really matter, if I'm being honest, because... Penn State doesn't adapt well to those kinds of losses. And if they were to suffer one against Michigan this year, who knows how that will set them up for Minnesota, Ohio State, just because we've seen it so many times. Uh, A close loss to Ohio State, boom, an unranked Michigan State team beats you. Then you have last year's Iowa debacle, and it leads to the 20-18 nine-overtime game against Illinois, even though there was the bye week in between, which last year I thought was going to help them. I thought that the bye week would have been very helpful to Penn State, and it didn't. They just had another extra week to simmer over on that game against the Hawkeyes. Three and five under James Franklin for Penn State. Now, this is where the bye week actually helped one time. And if you remember back in 2016, Penn State was absolutely thumped by Michigan 49-10 in that game. They were 2-2. They were unranked. They had lost to Pitt to open up the season that year. But then they had the bye week, and the bye week was very helpful because it allowed them to get an injured Brandon Bell and Jason Kabinda back. And that was just in time before Ohio State because we all know what happens next. They lost to Michigan 49-10. Nobody gave them a chance against number 2 Ohio State in Beaver Stadium. And look what happened. 24-21. Yeah, it took a field goal block, but sometimes you just need that magic to happen. Then stadium was stormed and everything was history after that. Uh, so the bye week has been a blessing and not really so helpful. I wouldn't call it a curse for Penn State in the, in the past eight seasons. However, they have benefited from it or just not use it to their advantage because the bye week came at a perfect time last year. You get you get that extra week to prepare for Illinois, but it didn't matter uh, coming off of that loss against Iowa. So maybe they can make it four and five. I think the bye week actually is going to help them very much. It allows them to get healthier. They haven't really had that many injury troubles, but guys have been banged up in and out of the lineup. Let's take Hunter Norzad, for example, the transfer lineman. Uh, Kevon Lee, even though he played and had 10 carries against Minnesota, he suffered that lower leg injury, uh, whatever it was, a foot, an ankle, or even a knee. Uh, 
He's not 100%, but it just gives them the time to get those guys back because you're going to need a full roster and you're going to come away with some bumps and bruises against Michigan this upcoming Saturday. So this bye week, I think, is very well positioned for Penn State because they go from Purdue and Auburn, the road power five conference games, to now you have the gauntlet of a number four Michigan team, a fringe top 25 Minnesota team. They had that loss to Purdue. We don't know uh, how good they are quite yet. I think we're still going to figure that one out. Big Ten West is wide open, so that's anybody's division. And Ohio State. And those three weeks... I think the bye week coming before that actually benefits Penn State the most rather than it being in between. Coming up next on Locked on Nittany Lions, we have the latest in Penn State news, what the Nittany Lions are doing in the headlines. That's all to come here on Locked on Nittany Lions. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why people love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not at home and can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras from inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of the show. Penn State football, latest headlines for the Nittany Lions. Let's start with the AP Top 25 in the coaches poll. Did Penn State move? No, they did not. They actually did not move at all. They are pat at the bye week, so that's good. That's a plus for Penn State. They don't move up. They don't move down. They stay right at number 10, which I think is still... Just a little low. Maybe we're splitting hairs at this point because what's the difference for Penn State being eighth or ninth in the country as opposed to number 10 in the country? I'm just glad that they are top 10 when all is said and done right now because that is a very respectable ranking. And it's why you have the big noon kickoff between number four, Michigan, and number 10, Penn State. And as I mentioned that, actually, Michigan is number four in the coaches poll but not in the top 25. They moved down a spot because of that game against Indiana, which I will finish up the show with uh, my thoughts on the game between the Wolverines and the Hoosiers. But here's the AP top 25, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, Tennessee, USC, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Penn State. Coaches poll, really the only difference is Alabama's up top and then it's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan is fourth, 
Clemson 5, USC 6, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Penn State rounding out the top 10. So I think that's fair. Uh, All those teams are undefeated, obviously, uh, and there's a power struggle at the top. Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, who had the the closer win, uh, who dominated their opponents. That's really what it boils to about right now, but you could rank any any of those three in the top spots, honestly, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing the coaches say Alabama's the best, uh, even though they just had a close win over Texas A&M where they won by four points. And you had Georgia, who's won a couple close games against Kent State and against Missouri. They haven't really looked dominant since Oregon. Uh, and then they did they did beat the Sox off the Auburn Tigers. Uh, there's another team that did that. Gosh, I think one that I talk about quite a bit on this show Uh, They did that, and they didn't really get too much respect after that win. But Georgia's in the top spot. Uh, It's SEC bias at its finest. Um, I think the Big Ten will get its due here. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State all in the top ten. The next headline for Penn State is that the betting odds have settled for Penn State and Michigan. Uh, Across the board, some places like DraftKings opened it up up at plus nine. Penn State would be a nine-point underdog. Uh, It is now settled at plus seven, seven and a half, depending on where you look, which is a touchdown and a PAT. The total is 51 and a half. Right now, based on those Vegas odds, that would put the game close to a 29 to 22 final, meaning that's the projection based off of Vegas's odds. It's a weird score, don't get me wrong, but it's not a football score. 29 to 22 is not a football score, and the score will not end up that way for a variety of reasons that we're going to talk about throughout the week. I really like Penn State at plus seven. If you're into the betting side of it, like I am myself, um, the Nittany Lions as a seven-point underdog, they're a top 10 team. I know they haven't traditionally performed well in Ann Arbor against Michigan, but Penn State has closed the gap in the Big Ten on some of these other teams. Michigan is still viewed as this college football playoff contender, and and frankly, they're just not. Are they good? Are they top 15 in the country? Absolutely. But there's that divide, of course, between the top four teams and everybody else. Michigan is not that. And Penn State, I think, is frankly still underrated, even though they are number 10. That's kind of by virtue of, well, we have to because they have two road power five conference wins against Purdue and Auburn. So the voters, I don't think, want to put them there, but you really have to because Penn State has achieved a lot in the first five games. But at plus seven, I I think that's selling Penn State short. I thought this would be closer to maybe four and a half. That's just my projection, and I think Penn State is a lot closer to Michigan than people are giving them credit for. But as it stands, the betting market has them as a seven and a half point underdog or seven, depending on where you look, and that total of 51. So at the end of the day, it sounds like there's going to be about seven touchdowns scored by both teams together. With the whiteout game approaching next Saturday, October 22nd, between Penn State and Minnesota, it sounds like there are a couple rumors as far as how these games will be televised. Uh, We know that the Penn State-Minnesota game is a night game. It is a 7.30 kickoff. The rumor is that it's going to be on ABC with Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet, who honestly I feel like have called every whiteout game uh, in memory. They called, the, of course, the iconic 2016 one between Penn State and Ohio State, 
where the Nittany Lions won 24-21. This would make sense for ABC to pick this one up. It is a night game. That's traditionally that slot, that 7.30, 8 o'clock window for them. They really like that one, and they ABC ESPN goes with that primetime game. Now, here's the other one that's floating around. Where is Penn State, Ohio State 2022 going to be? That's Saturday, October 29th. Penn State has a home game. Uh, it is a stripe out, but why did Penn State pick Minnesota as the whiteout and not Ohio State. When everybody knows that the Buckeyes, I, I know 1-0 mentality, Michigan, that is the most important game on the schedule. But in terms of profile, Penn State versus Ohio State is probably the biggest game that the Nittany Lions could have put together. And the Nittany Lions always choose either Michigan or Ohio State to be the wideout, unless they get that non-conference opponent like a Notre Dame uh, or an Auburn like last year. So before the season even started, why did Penn State select Minnesota as the wideout game? Well, there's a few reasons for that. First, Penn State chooses a home game against a formidable opponent, which Minnesota is this year. They just happen to be so uh, and they want it at night. They've done whiteouts, uh, noon games, 3.30, but I think everybody's settled that the whiteout looks best at night. Penn State is also never going to have a whiteout late in the season just because it does get colder in Happy Valley. They want the games to at least be somewhat of a neutral temperature, and same thing with the weather. They do not want rain, snow, sleet, or whatever for Michigan State the final week of the season. But then that begs the question, okay, Ohio State falls under that umbrella. Why were they not selected? Because that game's October 29th. It still falls in that weather window that Penn State has set for the whiteout. The way that these games work, they are selected by the TV networks in an almost draft-like setting. And Fox has the first pick for that week of college football. They are most likely going to take Penn State versus Ohio State and put it at noon. Penn State doesn't want the whiteout at noon anymore. If Fox has said that in closed doors, then that is what they're going to do. And that's why you have the whiteout for Penn State and Minnesota. Minnesota falls under that category. It was already a predetermined night game. It's in the middle of October. And it's against a team that Penn State has a little bit of recent history with. I mean, remember, uh, Kirk Shiraka came over to Penn State as the offensive coordinator for a season, that COVID season, is now back with the Golden Gophers. That's where he was in 2019 when Minnesota beat Penn State on their field. So here's what we're expecting right now in terms of television and kick time for Penn State, Ohio State. Penn State, Ohio State will be on Fox. It will be a big noon kick, and they'll probably bring the whole pregame show team. Urban Meyer will be there, but not for Ohio State. Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, that whole team will be there. And it'll be cool because big noon pregame has never been there before, has never been in Happy Valley. And you would be foolish as ABC ESPN, who has the first selection that week of college football, to not take Penn State versus Minnesota. And they're going to because Minnesota might be ranked at that point. Penn State definitely will be, despite whatever the outcome is between Penn State and Michigan. Penn State will definitely be ranked. They're going to fall a little bit if they were to lose to a number four team. Or they jump up high if they, in fact, do beat the Wolverines in Ann Arbor. And the last important headline coming out of the weekend for Penn State football 
is that four Penn State players were ranked in ESPN's top 25 freshmen. ESPN released a subscriber-exclusive article that nominates the top 25 freshmen so far this season, and Penn State had four guys land on the list. Abdul Carter, Nicholas Singleton, Denai Dennis Sutton, and Katron Allen. Best freshman in the country. I like the sound of that. Now, where did they land? So I, I thought Nicholas Singleton would be ranked the highest out of all of them, but it's actually Abdul Carter, and it's good that ESPN and others are starting to pay attention because Abdul Carter is making an impact that is definitely needed on the Penn State defense. You are allowed to run different formations with him, even if he isn't blowing up the stack columns. He is in or around every single play, and he's allowing Penn State to do more things that they wouldn't be able to defensively. So he is number two in the country in terms of the best freshman in college football. Nicholas Singleton's right behind him at number three. We all seen what he's done with the big runs against Auburn and against Ohio. He had the two fumbles last week against Northwestern, and that's okay, but I don't think that ESPN or anybody else is really holding that against him when he's put together an incredible season. Big Ten Freshman of the Week twice now in the season, back-to-back weeks after Ohio and Auburn. Denied Dennis Sutton lands at number 20, the Penn State freshman defensive end. He leads the team in sacks currently with three. There's a reason Denied Dennis Sutton wears number 33. That is the sack record to break. So it is a friendly reminder for himself that he has to get to 34 in order to own the sack record. And he's going to have to do it in three years because I don't think he'll be around that long, which means he'll have to average 11 plus sacks per season to get to that 33 to tie it. And then he's going to have to break it. Double digit sacks per year. Uh, That is a very lofty goal, but denied Dennis Sutton has set out to do it. Leads the team in sacks, is already rotating in more effectively for Penn State along the defensive line. He's not just a backup. He's not just a guy that you bring in in special situations. He is going to make more plays as the season goes on, and we've already seen him step up in like weeks three and four here. Last but not least, Katron Allen is in at number 23, which I think is actually a little disrespectful. For me personally, I would put him above Deny Dennis Sutton. Uh, So if you want to switch the two at 20 and 23, I guess that's acceptable. I think Katron Allen should be inside of the top 20, even the top 15, because yeah, he hasn't had the long 60 yard plus runs like Nicholas Singleton, but he's been named Big Ten Freshman of the Week. He's had a similar impact to Nicholas Singleton, and those two have benefited from one another. So I think it's interesting that Singleton is all the way up at three and Katron Allen is down at 23, like he's the second fiddle. They're on the same playing field. They're good at different things, but they balance each other out, and that's what I really like about the duo here. Katron Allen at 23 seems a little low, but he does crack the top 25. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. I am your host, Zach Seiko. When we return, Michigan defeats Indiana 31-10. What that means for the Wolverines, uh, some unfortunate news that actually happened during the game for Michigan and how the Wolverines performed as a whole and how that sets them up coming into the game against Penn State. It's Locked On Nittany Lions. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. 
The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Zach Seiko. Our final segment is devoted to Michigan. It's Monday, and Michigan still sucks. Well, they are the number four team in the country. Number five, if you ask the AP. But the Wolverines are still one of the best in the country right now. And Penn State has the opportunity to knock them off in Ann Arbor this Saturday. Big noon kick on Fox. Michigan's coming off probably one of the easiest starts to the season, facing the likes of Colorado State, Connecticut, Hawaii. They really face the gauntlet, if you're asking me. And now Indiana to continue Big Ten play. They did open up with Maryland, and the Terrapins gave them a scare in Ann Arbor. They, Michigan is not as scary as they were last year. They were a great team last year. This year, I think they're really, really good. I think they're vulnerable And if Penn State plays its cards right, they have a shot in Ann Arbor this week. But we got a whole week to talk about that. Michigan is coming off a 31-10 win over Indiana at the Hoosier Stadium. They were actually tied 10-10 at half. I was watching a good bit of that game. Uh, And an unfortunate circumstances uh, unfolded on Saturday between Michigan and Indiana. Running backs coach Mike Hart was actually carted off the field after, according to the broadcast, suffering a seizure in the first quarter. Uh, Mike, Mike Hart is crucial in the way that he's been developing Blake Corum. We all know that Mike Hart was one of the best running backs in Michigan history. I do want to give him his proper credit. Uh, and now his return to the staff, the place that he loves. His NFL career didn't really work out, but he was, man, was he tough to stop. Uh, in the mid-2000s. He was a headache for opposing defenses, and now he's passing on that toolage to Blake Corum, who is doing just that for Michigan in 2022. Uh, He is in stable condition, so that is the best-case scenario right now. So Mike Hart uh, did have to be carted off the field. He collapsed on the sideline, but he is in stable condition at the latest update. Uh, This was an easy game for Michigan, Uh, despite all the circumstances. uh, You would obviously hate to have that happen at any point in time, but in the middle of the game, and those are all emotional college kids, young men still trying to figure figure it all out in terms of maturity, and I think they frankly handled it very well. They went into halftime tied 10-10, and then they shut out Indiana and won that game 31-10 as a whole. Uh, But like I said, this was an easier game for them because Indiana already struggles to stop the run uh, and the Hoosiers were without their top linebackers uh, and it just made it easy for the Wolverines to impose their will and break off chunk plays, give J.J. McCarthy all day to throw uh, and they were able to execute a simple game plan. You don't want to show everything before you have a top 10 match with Penn State the following Saturday. And you know that you can go in with a vanilla game plan against Indiana and come out alive. The Hoosiers gave them a scare in the first half, don't get me wrong. But Michigan was able to stick to the playbook that they brought, uh, and they had a good day executing it. J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback, had 304 passing yards, three touchdowns. He did have one interception in the red zone, actually. But other than that, played mistake-free football against Indiana. And then the running back, Corum, 25 carries, 124 yards, and a touchdown. He's just been really unstoppable. That Michigan offensive line is one of the best in the country. And Corum is one of the best running backs in the country. So 
they'll continue to stick with this game plan throughout the season. There, there's really no reason to deviate from it. It's also important to bring up that McCarthy is mobile as well. So that does help Blake Corum in the backfield because you have to respect McCarthy as a runner. The play action, and it sets all of that stuff up. The leading receiver on Saturday for Michigan was Ronnie Bell. 11 catches, 121 yards, no touchdowns, but still, him and McCarthy are very much in sync. And it's nice to have him back if you're Michigan because they lost him all of last season a year ago. He's the clear-cut number one wide receiver, and that is probably the matchup to watch for Penn State versus Michigan. Joey Porter Jr. against Ronnie Bell. This is the best receiver that he's going to face. I think it's the best receiving core that Penn State's going to face, at least for now. You will see Ohio State in a couple of weeks, but for now, Michigan comes in as the top. That's going to do it for me. I am your host, Zach Seiko. It is Michigan Hate Week. The Wolverines are hosting Penn State this Saturday. It is a noon kickoff. Penn State, a seven and a half point underdog. I think that's a lot of points for Penn State, but we're going to talk about all of that this week, why the Nittany Lions match up well with Michigan and who should come out on top at the end of the day. My prediction towards the end of the week, I'll also have a crossover episode for you on Thursday for Penn State and Michigan. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen. That's Locked On Big Ten.